for a while, I was keeping a gratitude journal. This is probably, I want to say, maybe two years ago um, in 2017 when I had left the corporate world and was really struggling to rebalance myself, feeling very wobbly. And I had read the neuroscience, the psychology, the positive psychology that talks about the physical and mental benefits of gratitude. So I thought, I'll keep a gratitude journal. And I was reading it the other day and flipping through it. And what was so fun is I could tell where I had been and what I had done that day, because I would just have a list of things like, I am grateful for pizza. <laughs> I am grateful for the beach. I am grateful for the sun. And this sounds I, like an 18 year old's gratitude journal. It really was. It was like I had regressed. Beach. I'm I am grateful for ice cream. I am grateful for uh, I, I usually said I was grateful for my birds. And then the days when I wasn't, I just assumed that it was a really bad bird day. They had bitten me on the wait, lip wait, or wait. something. I'm going to have to put you on pause so you can explain to the audience for just a moment what a bad bird day is, because I know what it is. But I really think that our listeners deserve to know. Have you ever been bitten on the lip by one of your birds? That's not a kiss. No. That's not a kiss. Oh. That is Why a Why were they even near your lip? Why was their beak near well, your lip? Well, because I was giving them a kiss on their beak. And, okay, that's probably too much information. Massive. Massive. Massively useful thing. But I'm recommitting in the spirit of this podcast and the spirit of closing out 2019 to at least for the next, uh, at least the next week, maybe even challenge myself through the end of the year is to go back to keeping it. Yes. In fact, um, let's design it for each other right now. So this is our podcast for the end of the year and the end of the decade. The and end so, um, of the 2010s. That is weird. Our century is in its 20s now, which oh, I don't man. even know how to unpack that. That's, yeah, so we're not teenagers anymore. Our decade isn't, well, well and, our century and 20, isn't. And 2020, there have been so many things that talked about 2020, and it seemed so far away. It used to be future of the workforce, 2020. And you're like, yeah, that's going to be, you know, whoa, that's far away. Sort of like um, we're going to be dating ourselves, but I remember when uh, the year 2000 and everyone was all freaked out about that, but it always used to seem so far away. But 2020 just, well, first of all, it's a TV show. It's I was going to say that too. It's a vision prescription or a vision acuity or whatever. And uh, yeah. And it, it just reminds, it's a number of the future. It's the number that in our childhood seemed like science fiction. Oh, we were we should be in flying cars according to the Jetsons. We should have been in flying cars a while ago. And I even want one e- of those microwaves where you just put a little capsule inside and then it turns into a meal. Yes, that would be neat. And of course, we would be wearing really psychedelic mini skirts like Judy And Jetson. we'd have a robot housekeeper, a sassy robot housekeeper. Of course. Why would anyway, you have any so- other kind of housekeeper? But Wait, we got way off track. I was going to say to you that I want to commit to you that I will do my gratitude practice or this gratitude practice that we're going to share with our listeners today, um, our massively useful gratitude practice. I'll do that for the rest of the year. 
and then we can compare it. Oh, that's wonderful. So our massively compare useful them. our massively useful thing for our last podcast of 2019 is gratitude. There's so many things to be grateful for and I you know, it was a big deal a few years ago when I started working with a coach who had also suggested I establish a gratitude practice. And at the time, he was just talking about sort of combating the negative bias that our brains already have. They're trying yes. to keep us safe. It's like the caveman part of our brain. It's that ancient, ancient survival instinct we have that's always looking behind us and always looking over our shoulder <laughs> to try and figure out, like, what shit's going to come down next? We spend a lot of our time thinking about what goes wrong in our lives, what's not enough, what we haven't done. And this goes back to law of attraction that we tend to attract what we put out into the universe. So if we're putting out, if we're emanating worry and anxiety and regret and disappointment and envy and FOMO, then- It's a big like, it's like a big reinforcement loop. Exactly, yeah. So we just keep calling that back in. And so gratitude, as you said, tricks our brain into emanating positivity. And gratitude is at the foundation of positive psychology. When we were doing our prep for this episode, we I found this really cool chart uh, that talks about some of the benefits of gratitude. And it was pulled from many different studies and some of the emotional benefits include feeling more resilient, feeling less envious, feeling more relaxed. Some of the social benefits include a healthier marriage, more friendships, deeper friendships, your health too, your sleep improves, your, your frequency of illness decreases. Uh, there's some studies that link it to longevity, so happiness, gratitude, longevity. Mm, your, that makes sense higher energy, you're more likely to exercise. And from a career perspective, you're going to be a better decision maker. You're going to achieve your goals. You're going to be more effective at networking and you're going to be more productive. So all of those really tie to happiness and gratitude is such a core part of happiness. So I'm going to correct myself and say, these are not gratitude studies. These are tied to happiness. And then again, gratitude directly influences happiness. I think that if I'm the skeptic in the conversation here, one of the things that I pushed back on originally with my own gratitude practice was this feeling of like, well, why am I trying to make everything seem positive? Or why bother? It's just fake for me to make up things to be happy about, right? It's almost this weird, grumpy, petulant voice that comes up mm -hmm. um, when when I first started trying this, like it felt, um, it felt a little forced. It felt almost artificial at the beginning. Like what, do I really need to say I'm grateful for these blueberries? But then I realized, you know, what a difficult frame of mind that is to stay in. Because when you think about it, the fact that these blueberries got to your doorstep is incredible. The number of people and things that had to conspire to get these blueberries into your house. What a privilege. Really, really. I mean, to have even just this very basic thing that we take for granted. And so there's this first reaction of petulance for me 
um, in my darkest moments when I'm feeling really cynical. Um, and I just want to, you know, cross my arms. And then underneath that is a layer of wonder, maybe, if you can get under the petulance, the wonder of like that anything good that happens is kind of like a baby miracle. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like a mini. I mean, those blueberries got to you in perfect and, condition. And how fortunate we are to be able to eat blueberries in the wintertime when we all know that blueberries are very seasonal. So to buy blueberries right now, even in lovely California, we're getting them from another country. So the web of people and technology that is involved in getting blueberries from the ground in Argentina into your dish at your house is pretty remarkable. It is. And and hey, side note, I'm not saying that it's a good thing for us to be like, wow, it's so cool. We're taking all the blueberries out of Peru and delivering them to Southern California. Um, I'm not saying that's sustainable. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not putting any sort of, you know, pedestal underneath that. You, I'm just saying that. You probably use plastic bags. <gasps> Are you using straws? Do I use straws? Oh, my God. I still sometimes use plastic Straw straws. shaming. Straw shame. Uh, Straw shame. I, have, I bet you use those little I have plastic foreign starters. But... Shame. I have straw shame. There, I mean, shame's a different episode. And well, shame's <laughs> not massively useful. We'd have to think of some anti-shame cloaking device. We do, um, and we, and probably a straw is not a massively useful thing. We would get hate mail from all of the cities in California that have banned straws. But I think that even now, as we're talking. It's so easy to stray from that gratitude place. It feels so much more natural to sort of peck at things and um, poke at them and be cynical about them, be skeptical of them, instead of just sort of radically accepting there's this thing that's here for me and I get to enjoy it. Yeah. Whether Whether it's a clean set of sheets or a package of blueberries or you know, a fresh tube of toothpaste. I mean, who knows? I'm a big believer in, I don't know if it's reincarnation, but this idea that our soul comes back and that in this life, I was given the gift of affluence compared to many, many other people on the planet and that I can afford to buy blueberries out of season if I wanted them. And I think about that a lot and wonder what past lives I had where I didn't have that gift. And gratitude is also acknowledging the gifts that you've been given, Mm. which I don't think we do enough of in general. And just recognizing that if we aren't using our gifts, whatever they may be, that that is such a huge disservice, not only to ourselves and our loved ones, but to the universe to go a little bit woo-woo and metaphysical. The father of positive psychology, Martin Seligman, maybe Seligman, forgive me for not pronouncing it the correct way, asked participants to write down three things that went well each day and their causes every night for one week. So that's it. What went well that day and why? And the results showed that after one week, the participants were 2% happier 5% happier at one month and 9% happier at six months. And that's cool in itself. But then there was another study that showed that 
we think that money can buy happiness. Money only buys marginally more happiness. And so one of the writers that, that I pulled from did some ROI and he said, okay, for me to get that much more money in order to be 20% happier in my life, I have to work 20 more hours per week. And he did the math and he showed that the ROI from five minutes a day of a gratitude journal far exceeds killing yourself to make more money. Whoa, I feel like that is a total mic drop. Will you please headline that again? Because I need to like fully digest that. The ROI of a gratitude practice. The ROI of a gratitude practice when it really comes down to it and the the investment of time for the result of greater happiness, that you get more bang for the buck spending five minutes a day writing down three things that went well and why they went well, then you would do pouring time into a job or into your practice or your business or however you make money in order to get a 20% or in order to get more money because more money up to a point only buys you a small increase in in happiness. Now, obviously I'm less than the nine month, obviously less than the, the 9% six month return. Exactly. Yeah. So five minutes a day, this is even, you know, there's no exercise that can make you, that can have these kinds of results. So big yeah, picture, well, yeah. it's worth it. And it's worth it's at least totally trying it. it. Oh, that's like, I mean, think about that in finance bro terms. If you had an investment that made 9% in six months, you'd be like, whoop-a-da-doo, right? Ooh. You'd be really excited. I like that you called it finance bro. <laughs> Are you just imagining you Wall know Street the, or? You know that type. No, I'm I kidding. Um, half kidding. <laughs> okay, I'm not actually kidding. But yeah, I mean, if you were going to buy a stock that did that, if you were going to buy a mu some mutual fund that did that, that would be pretty amazing. 9% return. That's a that pretty would beat good the return. Markets. So maybe, maybe you've just hit on our most massively useful thing of this whole series because we have some metrics that we can use with you to prove just how massively useful it is. People think that happiness is this fuzzy concept and the the field of positive psychology is actually putting numbers to this and they're doing fascinating studies. You can just look it up online. You don't have to get it from us. Look up positive psychology. Uh, Sean Aker too. Um, uh, he's affiliated with Harvard. He's written books on, on happiness. He's a pretty avid blogger. And he talks a lot about studies that, that show the benefits of happiness. And again, because this massively useful thing episode is about gratitude, gratitude is something very simple you can bring into your life that directly influences your happiness, which is why mm. we think it's so massively useful. Yeah. Let's get into the meat of the exercise. Okay. I'm excited. I'm All excited right. for this 9% return. We were thinking about, okay, in our role modeling of three things we're each grateful for, the exercise that we're gonna role model for you is one that you can do five minutes a day, right before bed, first thing in the morning. What three things that went well and why they went well. 
we thought we would role model this thinking about 2019. So three things that went well in 2019 and why they went well. Just a simple causal explanation. We were contemplating, should we do this for the decade? And then we both, <laughs> it just felt so big. And oh my gosh. The tens, and, oh, the teens, a, whatever you want to call it. Man, the life changes we both have gone through in the last, this decade is just slightly mind-blowing. Um, so we uh, we may only have time for each of us to do one. So we can okay. each model one thing we're grateful for and, and why and have the other one of us just sort of talk the other one through it. Tina, what are you grateful for that went that went really well in 2019? What went well was I proved to myself that I could be an entrepreneur that I could support myself, that I could do business development, that I could sell my services, that I could invoice, that I could do the work, that I could get repeat business, that I could market. All of the, the, the things that utterly terrified me for years, every time I thought about, could I do this? Was I strong enough? Was I smart enough? So all of those inner gremlin things. And that is, there are many things I'm, I'm grateful for this year, including you and this podcast and other things. My birds. Your new house. My new house. It's a lot. But I think that that comes to mind first and foremost is I, I, was, I was enough and I proved that to myself. Ooh, I just, I gotta, I gotta share this insight with you, which is it's so huge what you said because you faced one of your biggest fears and, and your own sort of view of yourself. Yeah, that's really what 2019, I was able to face down Bert, the name of my inner gremlin and do it. And why it happened? Honestly, I think the why is I've always been smart enough and I've mm. always been here, strong here. enough. And I, the why is I finally trusted myself. Mm. Yeah, you really did. You really did. I witness it. I give it the good housekeeping stamp of authenticity. What, what? Okay, how about you? What is one thing, because I'm sure there are tons, yeah, one thing, so many things that went well in 2019, something you're grateful for, and why did it go so well? Yeah. So one of the really big things among also, I had a, a very big year like you, a lot of things shifted in 2019 in really massive ways. But I think the one that comes to my mind is around um, traveling um, to Italy for the art residency um, and, you know, leaving my family here for a month. I should say my family graciously let me go there for a month so that I have a lot of gratitude in the sense of I even got there. Yeah. <laughs> like I made it there. Um, and not only did I make it there, but then I built a life there in, in short order in a very remote place and created some really good work. And as a result, got way more comfortable. You know, my bottom line 
thing is I got way more comfortable calling myself an artist or Mm. that even sounds meh. I think what it is is that I finally allowed myself to reactivate the part I always knew as an artist. Or you felt like you deserved it. Like you, in Mm. some ways, you earned the title. Mm. Yeah. I made it real to myself. I made it tangible and material to myself in a very specific way. And, you know, there was an arc to my project and I completed the arc. And so there's all kinds of facets of that that residency and of all the logistics around it that I'm very grateful for. But yeah, I think the main thrust of it was allowing me to reawaken that part of myself that I hadn't been feeling like I was worthy of admitting or worthy of naming for a long time. And I, you know, off to the side here, I think that's also maybe a little bit of an age thing for myself at least that in our 20s there are a lot of opportunities to explore and experiment and call yourself whatever you want and try on these different identities and I think as we get older or we have more years under our belt some of those things sometimes ossify some parts of our identities get a little stodgy um, or they just get settled and I just have an incredible gratitude for being able to shake that part loose again, being able to get it a little more flexible. Yeah. And it, and like I said, it wasn't lost. It's more like it get these things go up on a shelf and they get dusty. Yeah. They get stale or they get ossified. Uh, fossilized, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Um, and actually, as I say that, it makes me reflect that the practice of gratitude allows us to make some of those parts soft again because we can kind of reframe them in a different way. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And And so these parts of ourselves that maybe felt like a fossil encased in stone instead become more malleable so did i answer really the why why did it happen i think the why for you was i think in some ways you trusted yourself Mm. i think you you believed in yourself enough and in a lot of ways you gave yourself permission to Mm. crack open this fossil and yeah i think i gave myself permission to pursue that part of myself. Yeah. To like reach up and take it off the shelf. I had to give myself that, that's permission. That's the thing. Yeah. That's, yeah. you keep it at arm's length. And, and when you have gratitude for something, you have to pull it up close so you can really see it. I'm thinking permission may be another massively useful thing. Mm, yeah. Giving yourself permission. Cause I think we both had to do that in order for us to achieve many of the things that we're most grateful for in 2019. Permission to leave a job, permission to say no to clients, permission to charge what we're worth for our services, permission to... Tell Bert to shut up. Tell Bert to F off. Celebrate your achievements, celebrate your successes. 
write down three things every day between now and the end of the year. That's not that far. We're talking just over just over two weeks. Try writing down three things that you are grateful for and why they went well. And just do that. See how much happier you feel between now and the end of the year. And if you like it, continue it in 2020. And we are committing to you that we will both do this. And we're going to report back on our 9%. Ooh, so. well, that's that's six months from now. A huge shout out to all of our listeners. Thank you so much for subscribing. You have no idea how giddy we get when we see that we have followers. I have friends who listen to the latest episode and then uh, text me their feedback and comments. I've had clients reach out and ask me about things, and that becomes the foundation of our coaching session. A huge shout out and thank you so much to everybody who's been listening i am so grateful for you meg and i am so grateful for you yeah and we're saying goodbye to the decade and 2019 but we're saying hello to pretty badass kick-ass 2020 and last but not least want to thank um corey our producer our editor yay um, our all things technician our all things troubleshooting and um, you can find him at CoreySiefker.com. That's S-I-E-F-K-E-R. I'm Tina. And I'm Meg. And on behalf of Massively Useful Thing, we wish you a wonderful winter season. Happy holidays, whatever you celebrate. A wonderful new year and gratitude for 2019 and the 2010s. Thank you for listening to Massively Useful Thing. In my gratitude journal, when I didn't mention being grateful for the birds, it because it was because it was just a bad bird day, which probably meant that they bit my lip, they pooped on uh, a piece of paper that I needed, they ripped They chewed off. up the corner of a book. They do they, that. They chewed up a book. They flung food off their cage. They flung their water bowl off their cage, which they've done a few times to shatter on the floor. They ripped keys off my keyboard. They, yeah, why anybody has birds? You have to have a screw loose. I feel like your birds are in Home Alone. They really are. I imagine, like, I imagine your birds setting booby traps. Like, Thing. Raw, 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 creative. Ding.